This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, September 2nd, 2019. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Today, we have a very special guest. Maui Bigelow is the curator of Fat Girl Fresh, a digital platform that blends feminism with social, fashion, and beauty culture. Maui is known for bringing progressive, authentic conversations with a Southern charm only she can provide. Her annual event hosted in Atlanta, Fat Girl Fresh Presents Lifestyles, is a tribute event that honors and celebrates promising and notable female leaders in fashion, entertainment, and empowerment. Maui has been featured in articles for Plus Model Magazine, Mike.com, Bustle, BuzzFeed, Yahoo, Allure, Good Housekeeping, and Seventeen Magazine, just to name a few. For her latest project, she has joined forces with urban media giant Madame Noir to present Curvy Noir, a fashion experience happening this Sunday, September 8th, in New York City. Hosted during the height of New York Fashion Week, this event will yield some of the most prominent black women that the plus-size community and industry has to offer. So we're so excited to talk to Maui today about her latest event. Let's see if we can get her on the line. And again, her event is called Curvy Noir, an event especially for black women happening this weekend in NYC during New York Fashion Week. And we're going to learn all about it today and her brand, Fat Girl Fresh. So we're going to see if we can get her on the line so we can learn about this today. Um, As I mentioned before, Make sure you subscribe and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. We are on almost every popular podcast app and more are on the way. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. You'll get an automatic notification on your phone when a new episode appears and here is a Maui. Let's get her on the line. Hi, Maui. How are you? Hey, Shanice. How are you? I know you're super busy this week. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to me. I'm never too busy for you, girl. But I am busy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to when I remember first meeting you. I first met you in person in Atlanta in 2014, and it was an event for Lyris. It was one of her model boot camps. And I'm not yep. sure if you were even called Fat Girl Fresh at the time, but from now 
from from then to now, something has shifted in your brand, and you started taking off the last few years. So did you rebrand, or did you just start hustling more? No, I didn't rebrand. Um, ever since I came into the blogosphere, I've been Fat Girl Fresh, um, and I didn't I didn't necessarily rebrand. I was working quietly. Um, I worked for several other top-tier influencers, um, and I just worked my way up, honestly. Like, there has definitely been a shift in my favor um, over the last couple of years, but it wasn't because of rebranding. It was just me understanding that I had work to do behind the scenes to get to where I needed to be. Um, and I got the pleasure to work with some really dope people like Lyris, um, like Marie, um, Danae from the Curvy Fashionista, like Ty Alexander from Gorgeous and Gray, um, Mello from Full Blossom Magazine, Gwen DeVoe, Full Figure Fashion Week. Like, I worked um, behind the scenes with all of those people. I wrote for the Curry Fashionista. I wrote for Gorgeous and Gray. I worked, wrote for Full Blossom Magazine. Like, I volunteered in spaces um, with people in the community. And when it was my time, it was my time. So that's interesting. So a part of your success is that you volunteered your time so you could learn how the people in the industry that had mastered it have done it, and you were able to see it up close. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think, I honestly think there is um, there's a misunderstanding um, among people who want to be in the industry and who want to blog and model and and be photographers and whatever it is that you want to do. I think that it's a misunderstanding um, among us at times. I know it's a misunderstanding because now in the space that I'm in, I have people reaching out to me wanting to work, wanting to be mentored and things of that nature. And the first thing they ask is, how do I get paid? And Mm -hmm. you need to understand that, your checks and your coins are not going to immediately come. There are too many people in these spaces that have, um, I don't want to say perfected because I don't think no one perfects anything, but there are too many people in these spaces that have done the work and that are out here leading the charge to think that you're going to wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a blogger. And, I want these brands to pay me to write for them. Like that's not going to happen. It's not realistic. And I definitely understood that I had work to do that was not connected to some type of financial gain. And honestly, for Mm -hmm. me, I didn't care about the financial gain. I have degrees. I had a job when I entered this space. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. I've been for a long time, so – In regards to making money from it, it wasn't a big deal. I knew that that would come in time. I knew that I had skill. I know that I'm a good writer. You know what I'm saying? I'm paying for those writing skills still via student loans. So, I, you know, I understood (laughs) that, but I also understood that I had work to do. And people, a lot of people don't want to do the work. But I, I was blessed to be able to connect with, Um, all of these different people who have been in different spaces and been successful 
as writers, as influencers, as community leaders. And so I was able to learn the game by working under them, not getting any glory or, you know, getting a little pat on the back here or there or whatever the recognition was until I had a better understanding of how the business works. And also a benefit to you, too, is that when you were ready to introduce your event and your projects, people were already familiar with you and you weren't a stranger trying to start something and didn't have a relationship with anybody. Now, now, what I will say about my event, when I created the first year that I had the event, I was definitely still a stranger. Um, I think I had met Marie but I wasn't working for her. I think I met her in passing at Full Figure Fashion Week. Um, And the only thing I had under my belt at that time were, like, social media relationships and the fact that um, I had been writing for Full Blossom Magazine. So, you know, the event, although the event has been a huge success, it's been a huge blessing, it sells out every year, um, it grew in phases, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm, and that's because mm-hmm. I, I had work to do. I mean, it sold out the first year, um, and it was just little old me. But at the same time, like, it's grown so much because I've learned so much. So the more I learn, the more it grows, honestly. And another thing that I think attributes to your success is you are very open on your blog about your personal life. Do you think that's one of the things that sets you apart? I know that it's one of the things that sets me apart. Um, And I do that because I understand my purpose and I understand why I'm here. So even if there wasn't plus-size fashion blogging, I would still be here in some capacity because I understand my I understand my purpose and I've understood my purpose since I was 10 years old and I know that like all my trial and error all my mistakes all the pain all the hardship is connected to women and girls and I have to share my truth I have to tr- be transparent I have to be honest because I want to you know I want to do even though I curse and I act up sometimes, I am God's girl. And I know that I have to live and be a certain way to please him because I know what my purpose is. Like, if you don't know what your purpose is and you're just out here doing whatever, then, you know, that's on you because you don't know your purpose. But once you know and understand your purpose, you're held to a higher responsibility. Mm-hmm. And in one of those uh, personal things in your life that you were honest about, it was weight loss. And you were recently recently featured in a national article about weight loss among fat acceptance influencers. Now, weight loss is a taboo taboo subject to many in the plus community. Have you had any black backlash? And if so, how do you deal with it? So honestly, I don't know. I don't know what it is about me, and I'm assuming that it's just my energy and it's just the fact that I'm always honest and transparent. I'm just who I am. Um, But I have not received not one bit of backlash, not one email of negativity, not anything 
the most negative hmm. um, things, the most negativity that I am, have received in regards to my weight loss surgery, my weight loss, and my comments about weight loss have been other individuals who went through the same process and received negative backlash. Like, I've had a couple of people that were like, oh, I said this, and people got mad, but you said it, and it's okay. And I'm I, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what to tell them. It's, it's, maybe it's delivery. Maybe it's just who I am. I don't know what it is, but I have not received any negativity. I have not, you know, had anybody tap me on the shoulder and say, oh, well, you know, this person said this or people are upset because you have this going on. Like, I haven't had any of that to transpire. If people have something negative to say about me, in regards to my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions, um, in regards to weight loss surgery, none of it has gotten come to me. None of it. Well, that's good. So, do you think maybe the difference is since you had already been public about your health and your health problems, and you were doing weight loss specifically for your health? Maybe that's different from another influencer that was doing it just for vanity. Um, I don't know. That could be it. That very well could be it. But um, I, I think that it does have something to do with that. I think that it also has something to do with the fact that I was very matter of fact about what I was doing, why I was doing it, and how I was going to do it. And at the end of the day, like anything that you say and do, it takes on a different form when you really don't care what the masses think. And I didn't care. Like, my top priority is my children. Like, aside from myself, they are my greatest responsibility. Like, I know that, you know, God gave me those kids to do and be what I'm supposed to do and be. And I'm trying to live for my kids. I'm trying to live for myself, too. But, I, you know, I didn't care. I really, truly did not care. I felt like I did what I needed to do for me medically. Um, and so it didn't matter. Like I don't, I didn't have an issue with being plus size until it became a life or death situation. Um, right. And I still, you know, like I never had a problem with my body. Y'all saw me out here with my stomach out, with my legs out, with my boobs out, showing thighs. Like I never had a problem with it. I did the most at 376 pounds because I've always been. For the most part, I've always been in love with myself. I never had a problem with my body. Like, even when I didn't love myself, it wasn't about my body. Um, so, you know. So how is your health today, and how does it affect your daily life? My health is much better today. My tumor markers are extremely low, so much so that my cancer is not even being treated. Um, it's in um, medically they call it, it they call it smoldering, and that is a term for um, a person who has cancer or has this particular type of cancer. I have multiple myeloma. It's a blood cancer that housed under the leukemia and lymphoma um, family. So um, it is there, and it's active. But the activity is so low that they won't even treat it because treatment will have a worse 
effect on me will have a, a a worse effect on me than you know just watching it. So now mm-hmm. I go to the doctor every three months. Um, periodically, I have to get iron infusions, but normally the iron infusions are connected to another medical issue that I have, which is fibroids. Um, so if I start bleeding. Um, for my cycle, I'll bleed excessively, and I'll need blood and iron. But um, mm-hmm. the anemia is not necessarily uh, – anemia is an effect of multiple myeloma, but in my case, my anemia is more so connected to the fibroid than the cancer. Got it. So you are a full-time influencer then because you wouldn't be able to hold the – full-time job right now outside the house, would you? Well, yeah, I, I recently went to influencing full-time because I had a little medical scare um, while I was working, and so, um, yeah. <laughs> so despite all of this, you are still overcoming these obstacles because we mentioned your Lifestyle Honors event briefly, but this year marked your sixth year of that event, and are you starting planning for the 2020 um, event yet? Yes, we we already have 2020 in the books, on the books. Um, the date is already set. Uh, emails have started going out for potential honorees. The white party is already popping, and uh, more than likely we'll be ha- adding a third event on that Sunday prior to everyone going home. So, we're in full production mode for Lifestyle Honors also. And you've added another event to your plate in another state that you don't live in, that you got to travel to produce this listen, one. listen, <laughs> I, I think that's my thing because, you know, I don't live in Atlanta either. Um, I live oh, okay. outside of Atlanta, like two and a half hours outside of Atlanta in Albany. And so um, when I when I started Lifestyle Honors, like, I had people here in this town saying, oh, how are you going to go to um, Atlanta and have an event and you live in Albany? So <laughs> I went to Atlanta and did an event, and I didn't live in Atlanta, and now I'm going to New York and hosting an event, and I don't live in New York. So, you know, I read something in the Bible about, um, I think it was Job and how he had to go. Was it Job or Joseph? But anyway, they had to go out top, outside of their comfort zone to find their success and what they needed. So I guess that's me. So you don't have any challenges traveling so much? No, I don't. Um, like sometimes I'm tired and beat down. Um, and most times when I travel, I try to travel a day, at least a day ahead of my commitment and at least a day behind my commitment. So, you know, like I never do a turn and burn if I can help it. (laughs) Right. So how did you initially get connected with Madam Noir? Um, So I actually, I had been pitching Madam Noir for a while, um, and they never really, I never got them to bite. And then last year they were at the TCF Style Expo, and Marie asked me to sit on a panel with them. 
And so we did a panel, two of the editors from Madame Noir and myself. And so from there, we just built a relationship. And they asked, was I interested in writing? I was like, yeah, girl, y'all ain't been getting my pictures. (laughs) (laughs) And it just went from there. So, um, and and now it's been a year. Um, My first post went live for them after Fashion Week um, last year while we were at CurvyCon. And um, so we're coming up to it again. And why did you want to create an event especially for black women during New York Fashion Week? Because I feel like we are an underserved community of women. So Curvy Noir is basically about two underserved communities of women, black women and plus-size women. Like, I feel like although in my heart, no one styles and wows like black women. Um, in right. the influencer space, in the blogger space, in the model space, in all of these spaces where we should be thriving because we influence the culture, many times we finish last. Um, like even I know everybody sees it all the time. You see the Kardashians do certain things, and it's like it's the first time you've seen it. Like I think. Chloe had the braids, Kim and Chloe had the braids, and they were like, oh, they're boxer braids, and they they come out with these new braids, and I'm like, girl, them cornrows, we've we been wearing them for years, Cleo had them and set them <laughs> off, our grandma wore them up under their wigs, like, we've been wearing braids for years. But they, right, and, right, and, and and that is that's that's where our country is. That's the climate. Like black girls do all of these really amazing, dope things, and then other people decide to jump on the bandwagon, and it becomes this major thing. And I just, I I really think that we got to do better. You know what I'm saying? Like even in the space that I'm in as a as an influencer, like we get work, we definitely get work, we definitely get to work with brands. But when you see these campaigns, you see one little sprinkle of chocolate, and sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even see a sprinkle of chocolate because they'll take the lighter skin dark girl over the darker skin black girl. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. it's always a play with color. It's always a play with size. If 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 they have a campaign and they use a plus size girl, it's never a really fat girl. It's never a size twenty two, a size twenty four, a size twenty eight. It's a eighteen or four not even an eighteen. It's probably a fourteen or a sixteen with a flat stomach and some hips. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. always to me it's always a downplay of color and a downplay of size even if they do decide to let us come in the sandbox and play. They still, you know, downplay our presence. And I I don't think that that's cool because we really do um, create the trends and the culture in these communities. Yes, I agree. We do create trends and sometimes don't get any credit. So this is A lot of times, like, it's, it's just... And I really, I'm over it. I'm over it because it's not fair. It's not, it's not fair if you, if you create a car, a, a smart car, and, and everybody's driving it, but then I get the same smart car. You get no recognition for it being your car. 
just because I made it a pink smart car. You know what I'm saying? It, right, it, right. It, I don't, I don't like it, and I, and it's 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 unfortunate because we have a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a generation of girls that are coming up behind us that need to know that they are just as capable, if not even more capable, as we are, and that you know they can influence and change the world too. Like so, it's, it's responsibility more than anything. So Curvy Noir is coming up this Sunday, September 8th, um, during New York Fashion Week. Tell us about the event specifically, who all is involved and on the program. So Curvy Noir is this Sunday at Casa La Femme at 140 Charles Street in New York. Uh, There will be a panel and there will be a fashion showcase. On the panel, um, we will be talking about inclusion and diversity and how to um, really get your foot in the door in some of these spaces and how we can work together to um, be more visible and be more heard and things of that nature. And that panel will be moderated by um, Nikki Free of Nikki Freestyle. Um, The panelists will be um, Shantae Burkett of Everything Curvy and Chic, uh, Shayna Harrison from Out of the Corner, um, Sherry Washington. She is the um, multicultural public relations person at L'Oreal. And Brandy Victorian is the um, editor uh, over at, she's the editor for Women's Issues at Madame Noir and Hello Beautiful. And your fashion show, is it featuring plus-size models or influencers? The fashion show will will feature all plus-size models um, in a diverse palette. So we have some petite models. We have some extra-tall models. We have some larger-size models. Like, But all of the models are... um, they're all they're all black girls, and um, they'll be walking for Jabri. We have Jabri on the program. We have um, uh, Kenya Freeman. She was a finalist on Project Runway, um, and mm-hmm. she has a a, um, a curve collection that's coming out. And um, Libby Ray Lingerie. They'll be there, and they have this new collection with Alila that has the um, the flesh tone, the new, you know. But a lot of times, you know, when you get the new bras, they're not brown girl friendly. So they have a collection right. of brown girl friendly um, intimates uh, that we're looking forward to seeing. And they also, um, Alila has bras that are for breasts with more density and black women normally have um, a greater density in their breasts, so we're really excited to have them show that. And I think that having them there um, creates the understanding that even though this is about um, black women and curvy women, we still have to understand that there are outside influences that can work with us, that can support us, that can have our back, 
and that can um, answer the call just like we can. Um, so I'm really excited to have them on board to be a part of the event um, as well. And then we're oh, still so it's interesting that you. It's interesting that you say that. So you want the audience to be all colors, even though it's an event celebrating yes. black women. You're saying all races can come celebrate black women. Any and all races can come celebrate black women. Any and all genders can come and celebrate black women. Like, we are not exclusive just because this is a celebration of women with curves and color. We're not saying that we don't um, want everybody there. Because if you love us and support us, then you'll show up for us and you'll use your voice um, to speak out with us. Right. So is Curvy Noir going to be an annual event, or is it too soon to say? Oh, Shanice, don't push me. Don't, don't take me there. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure about that. My team my team has been saying, um, boy, we, we're not going to do this again. <laughs> What's the plan? Um, I definitely think that it's a conversation that I'm going to have to have. It was on the fly this time, and we were just like, oh, let's do it. You, you know, like when I thought about it and I pitched it to Madame Noir, luckily they believed in me enough um, that they were like, okay, yeah, let's do that. That's, that's a great idea. Let's roll with it. But um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so for this one happening uh, this weekend, are tickets still available? There are a few tickets available, um, Shanice. I don't know. I have the Midas Touch. So when I put those tickets out there, they start flying, and they were limited already. Um, so, yeah, there are a few available. I think there may be like 10 available. Um, but, yeah, we have a few available. Now, do you have anything else happening that we could be on the lookout for, something you want to mention that we didn't get to talk about? I'm working on a book. What? Um, yeah, I'm working on a book. I've been working on a book for a while. I put it on the back burner because of just nervousness because it's a lot. Like, it's a real live profession almost. Um, but I feel like um, it's needed because there are so many women, like when I talk about my struggles and things that I've been through, um, being molested and um, different situations that I've been in, it connects with so many women. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to tell it. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it, you know. So I'm definitely working on the book. And um, I have a few other projects with different publications that will be um, coming down the pipeline soon. So, yeah. Well, congratulations on your success because, I mean, from the time I met you in 2014 to now, that's just five years. And there's been people that have been doing things for 15 years and haven't been able to do, you know, have some of the accomplishments you have in such a short time. So congratulations on all of your success. Thank you so much. I, um, I'm working. Like, people ask me, like, what what are you doing? How did you get this? Like I got so many messages. I got I've been verified on Facebook for a long time and I got verified on Instagram a couple of days before my birthday in July. And so many people have been saying, Well, how did you get verified? Well, how did you do this? Or how did you do that? And I'm like, girl, 
I did the work. Like, I, I need people to understand that you have to do the work and you have to show up. Like, if you don't show up, you can't show out. And I know that everybody's goal is showing out. So you can't show out if you don't show up, though. So my my secret has definitely been doing the work. Like, that's it. Now, before you go, tell us your official websites and social media pages. So um, I'm doing some rebranding now. So my all of my my Instagram and my Twitter is Maui Bigelow. Um, my website and my Facebook is still Fat Girl Fresh, but hopefully it'll be Maui Bigelow soon. But, and I hate to say this, you can Google me and find me either either way, Fat Girl Fresh or Maui Bigelow. I'm everywhere on Beyonce's internet. <laughs> Why you say you hate to say Google me? I, I I hate when people say, oh, you, you oh, Google me. Like, it's just, it's just I don't know, it's, it's a certain amount of fame attached to it that I don't feel like I have. But I'm there. If you if you type me in, I'm there. So, <laughs> so at the end of well, the day, I guess it is what it is because I'm definitely there if you Google me. But, yeah, so either Maui Bigelow or Fat Girl Fresh. Um, and if you look me up on Instagram, as Fat Girl Fresh, you'll still find me. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And, again, continue success with everything you have going on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. I remember the first time I was on the Shanice Williams show when I did the first Lifestyle Honors, um, and that was still, like, a real highlight for me in my career. It's still in my bio. Yeah, I Thank you for having me in your bio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, girl. Uh, Keep in touch, and we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. And thank you again to my guest this evening, Maui Bigelow, also known as Fat Girl Fresh. Make sure you keep up with her and everything she has going on. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.